Welcome to We Only Pod When We're Winning. It's only John and I tonight. We have Sean away feeling not too well and Pete doing his coaching duties, so we are only two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl. And we only pod when we're winning. John, just you and I tonight, mates, on the uh, podcast. We've been abandoned by our sick and uh, coaching friends. Uh, feeling like a bit of a theme there with Sean. Do you remember the days when Sean would never miss a game through uh, injury or whatever? And, you know, like, you know, he could be on the drink all night, but turn up and have a bowl. It seems to have changed. Yeah, I think he's, uh, it's got to him. Uh, success has got to him, and it's, uh, it's disappointing, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I'm going to put him on the transfer market, yeah. mate. I'm not sure what value we'll get. No, no, look, I'd like to keep him. He certainly is one of those blokes I'd like to wheel out, you know, maybe in the, you know, when we're 2-0 up and say, go on, studs up. Yeah, I'm thinking, I don't know, mate, journeyman. Uh, it just depends on what he's going to ask for on a weekly basis, but uh, we'll, we'll find Tradesman. out. <laughs> tradesman. I think I call him tradesman at this stage. Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. Oh, look, transfer market all around the world uh, heated up a bit, even... You know, there was predictions with um, COVID and so forth. It was going to be a difficult time for clubs to spend any money. But we know the big leagues around the world, they're full of money. And then money's going to come back no matter what's happening with COVID at the moment. So we've got a couple, got a couple here for you, mate. Uh, Pierre-Emile Hoberg is, uh, and I'm sorry to my uh, Scandinavian friends, he's left Southampton off to Tottenham. Undisclosed fee there. Um, so central midfielder. They kind of lose a couple, grab a couple. It seems to be the uh, Tottenham way there, mate. They don't, they lose a few, they gain a few. It's a huge season coming up for Spurs, isn't it? You know, it was a, are they going to be that team that really didn't ever do anything? You know, and 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 then just fall out. Look, I mean, speaking from experience, at 96, 97, up until 2004, we were that team. Everyone's favourite, everyone's darling. We didn't win a squat. It is a, and, you it know, is you a worry for that sure. down the back end. It is, it is definitely a worry for them, for sure. And you look at the the, the, the players they've lost over the years. Um, that they, they have, you know, they've done well to keep going, as you said, for the last few years. But they've not challenged for a title. They haven't looked like winning one of the big um, European titles either. So they kind of seem like they're treading water. And as you said, that's a bit of a dangerous spot there as well. Um, Liverpool signed um, one of the, I think one of their rare Greek players. So Konstantinos Tamakis has signed for them, um, played for Olympiakos. <laughs> and if you actually have a look at his highlights, and yes, they are highlights and anyone, anyone's highlights can probably look good. 19 million seems a bit of a steal. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing him. He's a left back who goes drifts forward as well. We did well with our Greek defenders, Nikos Dabazas. What a yeah. legend. Well, I can't say the names, and, and growing up in Melbourne, I should be able to. I think it's the second uh, biggest Greek population outside of, obviously, Greece. So I uh, should be a bit better at that. Uh, Will Young yeah. has left. Oh, Will Young. Will Young's left Chelsea, free agent. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of offers for him at the moment. Does anyone care? Probably not. Uh, Nathan Aki, as we said a couple of weeks ago, has signed for City, uh, reported fee of sixty six million. So. That's huge money for a club that's uh, gone down. That's that's got to be a bit of a relief for them in, in that regards. Reported fee of sixty six million. 
That's a huge coin. Who paid that? Uh, so City paid it. We, we called it a couple of weeks ago that it looked like it was oh, going to go good. through. Yeah. Um, it's not that City can't afford it, but um, his market value was around 30 or 40 million. Um, mm-hmm. And he's gone for 66. So Bournemouth have done sensationally wow. there, haven't they, really, for a club that's gone down? They have. Well, you don't want to get stuck with those wages and you, you know, especially if it don't come straight back up because it could kill you. And I think that's what people um, get confused about sometimes is that the transfer fee is only one part of the whole process. Um, we quite often hear yeah. all the transfer fees, but we don't often hear what they're on on a weekly basis. And that, that changes it as well. Um, well, that's why it's on so much, especially when they were in the championship and they have all these players. Everyone's saying, oh, we're not quitting. We're no quitters. We're going to stick it out. It's because you know when you get down second and third, third level football, and you're paying guys sixty six thousand pounds a week. It was unbelievable. You know, yeah. um, just sit on the treatment bench or to not really do that or get sent off. Everyone knows what I'm talking yeah. about. And um, you know, like I mean, that stuff just you know, it, you can say it's a loyal servant of the club, but everyone knows it's it's not helpful. And the thing is, so did, did, because did, was, yeah. But you know yourself, and like I know of Newcastle, there's guys, you want guys to hang around and so we're going to dig deep and fight it out and all the rest of it. But you've got to be realistic too about the league you're playing in. Yeah, and it's, 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 it was such a great, I know we've spoken about this show uh, time and time again, but Sunderland Till I Die was such an eye opener. Even though we know the stuff happens, actually seeing it where we're not going to mention the name, as you said, but seeing someone who actively didn't want to play and was taking huge coin. Um, at a club that was struggling financially at the same time. That was heartbreaking to watch that. And, Terrible. And, you know, I don't want to you – know, I don't know someone's personal circumstances, but to take that kind of coin and not play at all when he was asked actively, well, we really want to move you on, you're not playing, we can't afford you, that must happen time and time again at clubs. I think it does, and we don't yeah. see it. But like I said, and I think Bournemouth have done a, have done a good thing there. Like sometimes, seriously, get the guys out. It, it, look to build your squad up. I think that the coach at Bournemouth knows what he's doing, and we spoke about it yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Is to hang yeah. on to him, Eddie Howe. He knows the club inside. He knows what they need. Let that guy go. What can you buy with that kind of money to really boost your squad in the championship? Oh, it's fantastic business, and. You know what? I'll be going to put some money on them coming straight back Yeah, well, up. that kind of coin, absolutely. Uh, Jean Vertonen. Remember Fantastic. Uh, Vertonen's left Tottenham, left a few weeks ago, but uh, at this stage is still a free agent. Um, Fulham have picked up a bit of a bargain from Brighton and Hove Albion. Their uh, knockouts has been picked up, right wing, so it gives them a little bit of squad depth there. So besides... Say that name again. No, I'm going to get it wrong so you can say it. <laughs> I said knock, knock art, knock art, knock art. <laughs> right, I'm yeah. not talking AFL and touchy feely <laughs> stuff right there, but it does seem right now, you know, it's not a lot of action in the transfer market, but those transfers that are going through a huge coin. Priya, I think that people sitting there without much interest is going to be a theme because, like, you know, surely the money's got to come down at some point for. Most clubs, and even those huge clubs, is like, uh, you know, like, what are we paying for? Well, yeah, you don't even know if you're going to have a season next year in lots of ways, you know. Like, I mean, we can say we might, but you know, they're fast tracking the European Champions League to get that done, and then who knows, it doesn't go into hibernation for like, you know, and they still months. have to pay the, the players. And you know, uh, like Sane's just gone from City to Munich, uh, buying Munich for 72 million a few weeks ago. Um, his market value was around 120 or 130 million. 
So that, you know, that could be the ramifications of COVID. We've seen Mkhitaryan go from Arsenal to Roma. Um, now, that's at this stage um, on loan. But we're seeing a lot of those kind of, you know, things that would normally go through. Um, Arthur has gone... I didn't, I didn't even know who Arthur was at Barcelona. He's gone to Juve <laughs> for one... He's that bear with glasses on oh, the oh, kids' show. He's good, good value like there that. because $106 million. <laughs> Juve paid Barca $106 million. Now... I'm a, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I, you know, I, I get it. I know what's going on, but, you know, you go, God, I'm not, seriously? And you know what? The, these dudes, I mean, I don't know if we talked about before, whether it's managers or players, they've got this roundabout between the giant clubs. And it's almost like a first-round draft pick in the NFL. It's like, hey, you don't really have to do that much. Just get there once, and then we'll just keep recycling until we decide you actually are trash. Well, we'll keep an eye on the, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the transfer market, eh? Now, I'm not saying that about Arthur, right? No. But if we don't know who he is, yeah. I mean, and we don't know who he is. Uh, you know, as I said, I'm showing my uh, European naivety from, away from the, the Premier League. But we'll keep an eye on those transfers over the next few weeks because the seasons are starting in a few weeks' time. So there could be some massive coin or it could just be as you were. And that's going to be very interesting as well because as you were, teams like Villa are going to be in big trouble. So, uh, Oh, mate, and us. I didn't want to... Uh, you know, the, the, the best thing we've got going for each other is ourselves. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, unfortunately. It Isn't is. It? it is. That is coming up. You know, like, uh, it, it's 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 pretty sad when you look at the – I mean, and, and the Premier League's not even nearly as divided as the other leagues around Europe. But, you know, you just go, well, what are we playing for? We're literally playing for chump change now. And we're playing at not. We're playing for play for seventeenth, and and that's that's the key, isn't it? I mean, back in the day, we would have been hoping, you know, for top four, top five, um, you know, pushing the top teams, and now we're, you know, supposed big clubs are scraping the bottom of a barrel, and it's going to be, you know, it's... look at our results. You know, we got decent results last year with Chelsea, Spurs, and um, and I think one against City and, and stuff like that. So we can compete on the day, but the grind of the the length of the season it it takes it out of you and. Like we, you know, you are exactly you are exactly where you finished. Sean said it really well last week. You deserve only what you get at the end of the season, and it's going to be a long one for both of our clubs. And that's year. the beauty of the world game. You're playing each other home and away, right? So you really do end up where you deserve to be. Um, you know, I honestly still think Villa were very lucky to stay up, but I'll take it. Um, so enough, enough of the transfers. The next few weeks are going to be pretty interesting. Probably nothing that anyone didn't know there, and except that I can't pronounce uh, names whatsoever. You went all right. You got a job in SPS. You, no, you I, don't, I don't. I don't kind of uh, exaggerate my. I don't enunciate well enough there. I'll have to work on the enunciation. How awesome is Richard Consales on um, on SBS News that comes in does the. Uh... You know, now he does the um, the finance, and then sometimes he gets the the full news gig. But I just I could see him doing you know the world game wrap up and uh, or, or or sitting in that seat that Les was in for if you like. Yeah, you could just listen to his voice, and and, uh, and and no matter what kind of language it is, he just seems to hit it. If he doesn't, he bloody knows how to fake it, and that's that's what I love, mate. So absolutely close to the home. Closer to home, we, uh, we've talked about this over the years, but closer to home, 
the A-League has been going through their festival of playing each night um, one game, you know, you know, I think, what, 28 games in 30 days and so forth. Um, finals basically almost wrapped up in terms of who's going to be playing who and so forth. But you and I have thought about pretty much what we, in a dream world scenario, could make or how we could make the A-League better, mate. So... I don't know if you want to start this uh, this process, mate. Now, dream world scenarios. Well, the first thing, can you hear me all right? Um, the, the first thing for me is dead set. Let's not try and squeeze a second team into Queensland. You know, um, you know the roar is good and, the, and they're going all right now. Uh, looking for derbies and stuff. I mean, you know, sometimes I just go, who cares? I get it, but it doesn't matter that much. Like, who's going to get fired up? Just... Let's concentrate on the rule and be okay. You know, they had a, they had a team in North yeah. Queensland. They didn't want to go. Well, up from the derby, I'll just say like. You know, we've been there with Gold Coast. We've been there with North Queensland. You know, I'm a Queensland. I want to go for those two teams. Didn't work. I don't care. Just stick with the raw. If they want to put another team in, um, seriously, Canberra. And and then from there, you know, maybe look at an old established team. Like, don't make up teams. Go with South Melbourne. I think if you do that, I know that'll be three teams in Melbourne. South Melbourne's a serious side. Put them in. I, I still, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you on this. And that's okay. We're allowed to do it. I think you have. I think you yeah. have to have a derby. I think. You, I think WA South Australian Queensland. If you're talking future generations, dream list. I think there has to be a derby. But North Queensland, and and is never going to be a derby with with Brisbane, or never going to be a derby with the Gold Coast, because you're looking at the same distance between North Queensland and Brisbane as it is between Brisbane and Melbourne. So, you went to every game they pretty much ever played. So, like, what difference does it make to you if they play against the Gold Coast or if they play against a really good the victory the victory game and the Sydney ones the one you want yeah, to win? You yeah? are right, you are right, and they do have good. And, and no matter what people say, the Melbourne and Sydney fans do travel up in good numbers. They come up; it's a bit of a holiday. They uh, experience Caxton Street and so forth, and it is yeah. You, I can see where you're coming from there for sure. They don't even have two teams, Paul, in the rugby league in Brisbane. They will by 2023. Oh, come on. You know what I'm saying. I just go, whatever. Like, it's – um. I mean, and the th- great thing about Queensland is, and if anyone's listening down – and I know we've got listeners all around this great blue marble of ours, but if you know about Queensland, like, Queensland's a very tribal and parochial yeah. place, right? And and we're also one of the few places in the world where genuinely people grow up playing and following four codes of football, and you can throw in cricket and NFL and American sports. Yes. Yep. And right. so – it t- the Queensland vibe is different. You, it's like, you know, they put the Suns into the AFL and I follow the Lions. It's like, I don't care about that game. In fact, I find an insult. I'd rather everyone in Queensland just goes for the Lions in the AFL. Yeah. Do you know oh, actually, yeah, I, I hear you there. And I, I suppose that's my... And I'm a Queenslander through and through. You know that. And and that's the way I feel about another team in Britain. And I think that's where my um, background of obviously growing up in Melbourne... And on Saturdays, it was very much what you would have experienced in the UK, mate. On Saturdays, everyone went into the city in Melbourne and then everyone went off to the suburban grounds. So Hawthorne was playing Carlton. They'd go off to Glen Ferry or Princess uh, Princess Park, as they were known. Um, there'd be people heading off um, 
to Lakeside or, you know, it, 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 it was as much as, a, I don't want to use the word soccer in this podcast, but it was so similar to what you get in the UK where the games are played on the same day. So once we became a national league, we gave that up. So I, I, I hear where you're coming from there, mate. Different vibe. And you've got to have that, you, you know, all sport is about, about two things. It's about um, parochialism and tribalism. It's about hope. Yeah. If you go and split it up again, like, I mean, who's going to – like, okay, Ipswich, I get it, but Ipswich is better off to have a rugby league. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, the Gold Coast hasn't worked here. And, and were they going to put one in Redcliffe? Come on, give me a break. Good ground, though. So it leads me into the next part, that we should be looking at local grounds instead of the behemoths that we're using. You know, you get 12,000 people at a suburban ground for an A-League uh, game. Sensational. You get 12,000 at Suncorp. And whilst – everyone really tries to get the team up and it, it, it just becomes cavernous and the sounds are lost. Um, so my dream for the A-League would be, honestly, that they get their own grounds eventually, which is very unlikely, or they ground share with Rugby League. Yeah, well, South Melbourne, you know, talking about expansion and all that, can you, uh, South Melbourne got 6,000 at Lakeside in the, in the, FFA, in the yeah. FA Cup. Um, and you know what? I'd rather go to that these days and sit up with the rule with 25 of us watching a game in Lane Park. I think Lakeside's a beautiful ground, so and it's been developed, and you can get trams there. You can get public transport from the city. It's like 10 minutes away. So, you know, it's, I suppose that's the thing that we, we miss here, and it would have been brilliant to see a place like the Brisbane Strikers, which has got a train station across the road. That would have been great to see that. Be there Were they, they going to be out of Perry Park? Sorry, sorry? Oh, this is where the strikers played yeah. out of Perry Park. I mean, obviously, now that they've sold off a lot of the land, they can't do the development I would have loved. But you get off a train straight to the the ground. Yeah, it's an awesome uh, place. It's fun, and it's about going to a football ground. You know, I, I mean, I know that this is not going to happen in the FFA Cup allows this, but I love seeing teams like Brisbane Olympic and uh, Brisbane City and and the Brisbane Strikers, and maybe that's what we have to get back to a bit more. You know, seeing Palm Beach. And- if you're talking about expansion and seriously, and I said, like, you know, I go Canberra, but, like, you know, there's a ready-made rival in Adelaide, you know, like, old team in Adelaide. You can get two teams there for oh, sure. 100%. They are. You know, and and I reckon go there because historically when the NSL was going all right, one team in Queensland, we don't need oh, anymore. Oh, I so, like that. I like that as well. What about salary caps, mate? Um, uh, any thoughts on the salary cap in the A-League? Obviously, we're trying to keep teams alive. And that's not just about parity, but it's about teams um, being able to survive. What do you think about a salary cap in a, in a football competition? Got to generate revenue and I, to, to, to actually justify your existence. And we spoke weeks ago and said about, you know, what is our view for the A-League? And we, we know with the other sports, everyone's got to be realistic. The A-League's not going to be the dominant football code in Australia. No. I think that one of the smart things the A-League did do was to adopt the other way of doing things in Australia, which is to play like semi-finals and finals and make that the premier thing because it works. I love the finals in the A-League. Um, but I think the other te- the other sports, which have got way more revenue than us, have got um, salary cap. And I think it's okay. It's okay to live within your means. Like... That's okay. This is what you're making. This is what you can afford. That's what you well, What do you think of um, having unlimited, you know, a number of marquees? So if a club can afford 
three marquees. They've, they've got an owner who says, no bugger this, I'm going to do it my way. There's a salary cap, and outside that salary cap, not Australian marquees. They are international. They could be anything. They could be Australian. They could be internationals. But my... If you want to make the league here like Scotland mm-hmm. and what Celtic want every year, then that's the exact down, way to do fine. it. Promotion... And then who's going to come and watch? Because it's not... Unless you're a, a rusted... Because the... The died on in the wool. Uh, look, call me a dinosaur because you know we love. I love the NSL, right? But you know you don't have Melbourne, Croatia, and that anymore with those rusted on fans to go. You know, no matter what happens, yeah. I'm going. Yeah. You know, and it's a different vibe. Or oh, the COVID and all this. Okay, you, you still don't think that there's other teams in Sydney that have got, you know, that you know if things really went pear shaped for for Sydney FC that there's other clubs there that could, on a really, really bad day, have more supporters than them. Do you, I know that sounds like heresy, but I think you know what yeah, I'm saying. So yeah, saying the, the traditions of those clubs and the, the ethnic backgrounds and the love of, uh, of their teams, they could definitely step in and, and you know fill that void as well. Uh, totally, because that's that whole Queen... That, yeah, I talk about the Queensland vibe and the strikers and, and Brisbane City and, and Brisbane Lions and... And then, you know, now the roar and all that and who's throw allegiance behind us at Queensland. But in, in, in down there, down in, in those other parts of the world, I don't know why we turned our back on that. I know why. Uh, yeah, you know the rationale, but you don't, you don't believe it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really think it's a super idea. I, I loved, I, you know, growing up, I loved the old NSL. I actually didn't have a club. Um, and we've spoken about this. I'd go and see uh, Melbourne, Croatia. I would go and see South Melbourne, probably the closest club that I, I would I would follow. Uh, but I just loved seeing it. So I'd go to every game I could. So I do miss those days, and I'm showing my age. Promotion relegation, I don't think we can do it. I know it is what FIFA wants. I know it is what many people, the ideal world, I would say I'd love it. I'd love promotion relegation, but... We, I don't think Australia can pull it off. What are your thoughts? No, we've got to make the game fit. Like, that's all right in other parts of the world. And if you've got a small country like Albania, do it. If that's the only sport they're playing. Yeah. You know, the, the landscape here, and everyone who's listened to it, mostly going to be Aussies, they know it. I mean, no matter how much you love footy um, or, or um, football, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter. You know that no matter what happens, it's not the number one spectator sport in the country. Okay, and so it doesn't get the revenue. It doesn't get that. It's got a very awesome, loyal – it's got lots of juniors, yeah. Um, it needs an outlet for the guys at the top, but promotion relegation – I mean, seriously, could you imagine Palm Beach going to the A-League? Like, it it would be, a, be fun, but it would not last very well. And I think that's the thing that, you know – you know, we could be called heretics, um, but we, we say what we we honestly believe. And we're in a country where we have the freedom to follow so many different codes. Like, you know, A-League's looking to move to winter and people can say, you know, that's a good or bad move. But even in summer, you've got obviously the tradition of cricket, um, but you've also got, um, you know, even... NFL. You've got, yeah, you've got NFL, yeah. It's in the same... Yeah. Um, and, and you've got even things like the NBL in the last few years has made amazing inroads into getting crowds and TV ratings as well. So we're just a country that we are blessed to have so much sport that we can follow. Um, that yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know me uh, the same way that I know you. And one of the reasons we've always been so uh, such good friends is we've been able to talk about sport across lots of different things, and and not like in a crazy way, but like you know today, like we spent the whole day at a girls' rugby yeah. tournament, coaching the whole day, and that's rugby union, which is a sport that I absolutely love because I grew up playing yeah. it. I grew up playing that and soccer. Sorry, football. In case anyone gets upset, and then um, you know, and then I guarantee you that tomorrow night. Yeah, mate, I'm there. there. I'm there. Tomorrow night, you'll be watching what? Sorry. Yeah, I'll get tomorrow night, I watch. I'm, I'm, I'm paranoid. The listeners don't know about all the dropouts we get. Um, I, I'm, I'll guarantee I'll watch the NRL match yeah. tomorrow night, and on Friday I'll wait for the weekend and see when the Lions are playing in the, in the AFL, and then I'll watch the Reds play rugby, and I'll try and track all of the football news around the world. But start with Newcastle, my first and most loved team in, on the planet, and then you know, and I'll. Be, it's yeah. just the way it is. I mean, with we're all like that. I'm poor. I'm not going to sit around and watch every single game of the A League every day all weekend because that's all there is. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean I don't love it. it. Just means it's going. I've got a job, and, and, and that's the blessing of, as we've said a number of times, mate. That's the blessing of being an Australian sports supporter. Is that we are, we've got an abundance of local sports. We're the only, we are the only country in the world that has four professional football codes. Uh, someone wants to prove someone wants to mm. prove me wrong. There, go for it. But we're the only country who's got four professional sporting co- football codes. England, England would. Uh, what's England, uh, hang on. So England's got football. It's got rugby union, rugby league, and yeah. So, yeah, it's so three. most countries have. That'd three. be the only one. Uh, there's a lot of countries that have three, but we we are you know much my understanding we're the only country that has four professional football codes, um, which is amazing for the population that we can sustain them all. If you think about it, I mean, rugby union, obviously, uh, rugby and the A League have had real trouble. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to mm. compete against competitions that have been around for, you know, the DFL, AFL, whatever you want to call it, it's been around for over 100 years. Well, they're the two ugly sisters at the moment. But in, and, and when, you, when you think about it, okay, they're, they're generally big. Now, I've been to Lane Park when it's been full for yep. the Reds plant. They've been going good. I've been to Lane Park when it's been absolutely stonk good for a good Queensland team grand finals in um in the A League. And I said what, I was at the Strikers game many years ago, and um and I've been there when it's been full for rugby league, and I've been to the Gabba when it's full for AFL. It's just the way that it is. And there's not that many people living in southeast no, Queensland. No, and I mean, look, obviously, you know, the good news um, down the track is that the population keeps growing, which is fantastic. Um, mate, we'll move on quickly to the Champions League, and that was interesting. And you know, I love talking about, um, I love talking about the A League in those contexts. I just want yeah, one course. last thing: is I think that I think that in 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 Australia, we've got to model the game the way that it suits us, yeah. and. And, you know, and I don't think we can do – Hal, if they can't do promotion and relegation in the other two codes, it's only about yep. club sport. Yeah. Right? I think that our number one modus operandi or the reason the A-League exists is to give some outlet on telebuzz to make the Socceroos good. And, um, you know, that's got to be the t- – make sure that that's on tele, whatever that takes. Yeah. And – I mean, obviously, you know, the the other side of it is, you know, we've got the Women's World Cup in 2023. The W League is losing a lot of women um, to overseas clubs. And we've spoken about this. I actually see that as an absolute bonus. It, 
massive All positive. those women are going to play at top-level clubs against the opposition they're going to play in World Cups. And then the young girls, and we've had a really great, um, you know, last few decades of girls, 15, 16, 17, playing at the top level. And that's something would be amazing if we could replicate that again in the men's game. So, you know... We... It's absolutely... That has happened before, Paul. It happened with the golden generation, whatever you want to call them, two, before 2006, yeah. in the lead up to that. And, and, and it proves that those state-based clubs and the NSL, whatever what it was at the time, was actually creating quality brilliant, players. Brilliant breeding you know, you can't you, you can't keep massive you can't keep massive money players no. in Holland, no, <laughs> or Belgium. They yeah, go absolutely. And I mean, the bonus there is though when we did have that NSL bloodline, if you were ready to play, you were ready to play. Mark Viduka was ready as a you know in his mid teens. Talent. I remember his first. It was fantastic, and I've still got his jersey here hanging. It's, it's my favourite jersey and. In my football collection, I got my Mark Viduka Newcastle jersey. I got straight from St. James's Park out of the locker room. And I was so proud because I remember watching him play for Melbourne, you know, for, for the Knights. Um, for the Knights and, and, I, yeah, and and seeing him go on and be a great player for Leeds. And then he, he he's much loved in the northeastern Newcastle for the way that he played there. Um, he's a great player. I probably love that guy. I mean, probably my favourite Australian player ever. Uh, male player any, anyway, probably my favourite player ever and, and never played for my club. Um, but, you know, it just as we said, you're ready to play, you're ready to play. And that I'm not, mm, not sure that happen now. So. No. No, and that's, and that's that squads and numbers and jersey names and all that sort of crap and I'm just not into it. Uh, Champions League, it's, it's just been blowing my mind because, you know, it, it's the competition I've always liked watching as well. I mean, knowing my team's not going to get there, but games have happened so quickly because of COVID. You know, last Saturday, yeah. we had Juve playing Lyon and Man City playing Real Madrid. Barcelona just played Napoli and Bayern Munich played Chelsea. I could not keep up and I still can't. Um, you got Atalanta playing PSG tomorrow, Leipzig playing Atletico Madrid, Barcelona playing Bayern this Saturday coming up. And that's a great, that's a big game. I saw that in the draw. I'm like, you know, I've got to be watching that. I don't hope Bayern do a number on Barcelona, but hope so but, be it. But don't you think like this is the one of the premier competitions in the world, and Barcelona played Napoli last weekend, and in the week after, Barcelona playing Bayern Munich. We haven't even had a chance with everything that's happened lately. We haven't even had a chance to enjoy – I could be wrong here. I'm, I'm speaking only for myself. We haven't had a chance to enjoy one of the great leagues in the world, the Champions League. And it, it feels like it's just going to be all over. And the next week in a bit, it is. You know, the, the final is on Monday, the 24th of August. You know, the semifinals uh, next weekend. It's just happening so quickly. Like an international tournament, and I got to say, I really like it because 
you know, don't waste time. Don't mollycoddle all the players. Everyone knows there's yep. an issue. Everyone knows why they're doing it. Like, you can't tell me those guys can't run around next week and, and, and give everything they've got. I think it's really exciting. And get it over and done with because you don't know what's around the corner for any of those countries. So, and, you know, they'll be right. So you're saying um, you would like – would you like to see the Champions League in this kind of back-to-back format uh, going forward? I kind of think for those big – well, I, but you can't do it um, at other – in other times, because you're going to have like a European Championship yeah. or a World Cup or the or the uh, don't they play the African Cup of Nations like every four months? Oh, it seems There's like always it. something going it does on. Seem like so, yeah. So, um, you know, I think that it works out pretty good. I like it. I really love it. I like a bang, bang, bang. Um, especially with those great teams. You know, just play it. Get on with it. I actually love it. I, uh... I, I think, and I'm not going to speak out of turn here, but like it's sounding old, but the. The Champions League is so bloated. There's so much crap stuff that happens in the lead-up to it. You know, everyone knows who you're waiting to see play. I would like to see them. I'd love to see... You know what? Make it the actual champions. And then see what happens. Yeah. I mean, how many times Atletico get get to the tournament every year? They never... did. The, when did they actually win the league? No, I can, not not that I can recall. I mean, we know they we know that they have won a league. They've won a league, but not for many, 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 many years. We all know why they're there. It's all money, and 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 so be it. It's great, I, and I like it. You know what? Actually, if if Bayern can't win, I hope Atletico do. Or oh, sorry, Atletico. I think I've got to say it correctly, um, because I love their manager, and I like I like everything about him. Um, and they and they've been in the final and. What not, but uh, yeah, I like this format. It's fun. Why not? Well, I'm going to give an example it. of why, um, you know, people say Euro snobs and so forth for those who like the European leagues as opposed to the A League and so forth, right? I'm going to give an example. And one of my sons, he goes to the A League and he really enjoys when he goes. So when we go live, loves it. Outside, outside of that, yeah. he wouldn't know what position the Roar are on the ladder or, or who half the players are. But when we go, he loves it. Now, lately, he's, you know, he's 11 and he started to get into jerseys. And he said, oh, I like that Paris Saint-Germain one you've got. I like the Bayern Munich top. I love the Barcelona. I love... He loves all these jerseys. And I think it's beautiful because he... He's finding out about all these teams because of these jerseys, and he doesn't care who he follows. Like you know, that's one of the beautiful things we've got about being, you know, living in Australia. You can follow all these teams. You, you don't have to follow the team. Do you know where I'm coming from? There, he just he. Yeah, they're on telly all the time, but I think one of the problems for the for the sport worldwide. I mean, everyone you know is that kids, younger kids, are only following those huge clubs, so you don't get kids picking up on. On other on other clubs, if you're looking purely at which jersey is the best, I mean, I always like Ajax's jersey at their home because it's a few different. Of those, mate. Um, but the thing is, yeah, you do you have everything. But what is um the, the the other thing that I've really enjoyed of not guiding someone of who they should follow, like giving them the freedom. He's picked up on different sports, so because he follows Richmond in the AFL. He now thinks maybe he'll get a Dortmund top instead of a Munich, uh, Bayern Munich top because Dortmund are black and yellow. So this is the freedom we're giving our kids um, to be able to follow who they want to follow. And that's, yeah. that's brilliant. You can't do that in many countries in the world. 
Yeah, no, well, that's true, and you can't do it with many dads because what I'd be doing is saying, "This is a Newcastle shirt, mate. Go and put <laughs> I one on." Sure. I, I, I just can't be that dad. I, um, <laughs> I, I love my dad until the cows continue to come home, become stakes, and and then you know go back into the ground. But um, he, I was Richmond before I had any choice, and I curse him and love him for it. But I just, I always decided I couldn't do that with my kids. I, I, I thought it was. Yeah, that's all right. There's always, there's always a um. What you say? There's a what's the seat out the front door? You can sleep out there. <laughs> they can't wear the Collingwood jumper in. And a special shout out, John, if it's okay with you, mate. My uh, my my nana would have been a yeah. hundred today, um, and and she hmm. was um an absolute Collingwood fanatic. So um, shout out to my nana. Love you, Joyce, and um. You know, I don't want Collingwood to win anything, but I do look fondly upon him when I think of you. So I did have to throw that one out today, mate. So there you go. <laughs> the Queen and the Pope all at once. <laughs> so, mate, we've um, we've solved the A League's uh, issues. Basically, we should be going back to the NSL. Uh, on the transfer market, we've realised that everyone's overpaid, and the big clubs are still going to get bigger. We didn't touch on the Europa League because, to be honest, I never bother with the Europa League. Who cares? Champions League is almost same old, same old. There's almost no one left in there. The only club that I have some interest in, I love Bayern Munich and so forth, but the club that I have the interest in that would be a Cinderella story is Atalanta are still in, playing PSG tomorrow. Yeah, I think, am I right or wrong, was Atalanta involved in the the game, the European Champions League game that really spread coronavirus around Lombardy region of Italy? I'm pretty I sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was as well, unfortunately. But um, So maybe I shouldn't... Well, I hope they're doing it for those fans because they've been I to have. hell and back there. I have. But, I mean, you look through the rest of the teams remaining and there's not too many surprises there, to be honest, mate. So, you know, um, you know, likely likelihood of having a Manchester City player either a Barcelona or a Bayern Munich and... and uh, uh, maybe an Athletic Madrid, Atletico Madrid playing at Paris Saint-Germain side. If that's um, money talks, doesn't it? It's funny how things happen. It's funny how things happen. There'll be some people out here who who resonate with this with them, um, or they might hate me for it. But you know, I remember back when I was following football in the in the eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties. I would have gone for any England team to win the European Cup. Yep, I get that. I get where you're coming from. I would I would have been and it wouldn't really matter who even Liverpool or um you know if geez, if Man City had made it um maybe Man U yeah. but, you know, yeah. but you know what I mean um but like these days it's like you know what give, give me I I'd rather see no one not no, none of them yeah. win. I find myself being drawn to Atletico uh, Bayern is the team I did a thing with Newcastle being so shit house for so long. Um, where I said, I've got to get a team in the Champions League and I made buy my team because I love beer and um, and that's about it. And I, well, I actually like the way they play. I like the vibe of the club, you know. And so I, I, I got on them. And from the time I did that, they never won. They got to semi-finals and got beaten out, you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I find myself on Atletico well, to a, win. I'm a Bayern boy as well. And, and I think it's because I, the way they play, I, I was given a jersey of theirs many, many years ago, you know, probably almost three decades ago. And um, probably the only team I've ever followed who's actually successful. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be going Bayern, but um, not with any stress. I thought you were an Ajax. 
They're well, pretty successful. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. You've caught me out. So Ajax as well, but they haven't, besides the last year or two, they haven't competed. So I've been a, been a buy-in boy. And this is, a beauty of, this is a beauty of being, you know, born and bred Australian. I, I can follow, I can follow <laughs> Ajax without any worries. I can follow Bayern Munich. I can follow Villa. And until they actually meet, then obviously Villa, if they ever got there, would be my primary. But any Spurs fans who are listening to us, man, I'll tell you what, how's this sound? I reckon one of the biggest tragedies in European football, and yeah. I use tragedy, that term is over, overblown, but um, was the Spurs comeback against Ajax in the semifinal uh, a couple yeah. of years ago. Not because of Spurs, but because of that team that Ajax was playing were phenomenal. It, and probably one of the most funnest teams I've seen to watch for a long, it long time. Actually, it was... Um... And then that final was and, a and it was it was almost the way Ajax played was almost uh, Johan Cruyff like wasn't it? It was the passing, it was the complete game. They were fun to watch, and it hasn't been a lot. Yeah, yeah, and that was such a great game itself. The game with Spurs was a great game, and the comeback was insane. But then the actual outcome for that yeah. in the final, when it just didn't no. translate, and I think Ajax would have won that uh, playing the way they did. And, you know, uh, it was one of those things. It's those sliding doors moments, isn't it? You think about those two clubs and neither. Ajax just will keep, they win trophies, they win trophies, they win trophies. I think Tottenham, and I'm not a Spurs fan, um, but they must have been, their biggest moment in the last 10 years must have been that match. You'd have to think, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And then they feel away without anything. Isn't that... The signing doors is, in, in world sport is such an amazing uh, phenomenon. We might do a different podcast that, talking about all different signing doors. I think that would be a great one, signing doors in all different sports. Um, but, you know, just as an example, I look at someone like Mark Webber in, uh, in obviously, uh, Formula One and just some of the choices he's made. Yeah. I, I, I know he's got the talent to be one of the, one of the best drivers in the world, but all the choices he's made, they just haven't worked. And those sliding doors are shutting. Mark Sorry, mate? You, you said Mark Webber. Oh, Do you mean Daniel Ricciardo? Daniel Ricciardo, absolutely. I don't know why I had Mark Webber in the head, but maybe both of them had choices. But Daniel Ricciardo, I just think that he is probably one of the best drivers Australia's had in, in decades. And it, I just, it's just never going to happen. His record would be as good as Mark Webber, surely. I don't think his record could be as good as Mark Webber's good. Have to be close because Mark Webber, uh, he he got he was a lot of top sixes. Mark Webber, but but, but he won a bunch of Monaco's. Yeah, you, you want that on your resume though, don't you? I mean, if you don't win anything else, uh, win the uh, Monaco Grand Prix is a pretty darn good one to win. I'm no sports expert, but I used to love Roy HC used to call Mark Webber the DNF <laughs> specialist. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much that was me with golf, mate. Um, after 15 holes, I'm done. <laughs> So, mate, we um we'll be back mm. next week. Is there anything, any shout outs you want to put out there before we go? Um, yeah, I'll put out a shout out to um Sean. Yep, not feeling under the weather. Yep, and I want to challenge him. I want to challenge him. I want to challenge him. I want to challenge him to uh, um, you know, get back on the podcast, get back on his feet, and uh, and bring that sort of, you know, that sort of joie de vivre that he gives us. He knows way more about you know what the thing is. He knows way more about football than we do, but he's um he's out injured a lot. Yeah, he is. He is that star player. He's, he's a bit of your uh, who was the guy who went from um. He's doing a Michael Owen at Newcastle. He's uh, on the bench the whole okay. time. I was going more down a like a bail kind of 
you know, go from, you know, I mm. didn't want to didn't want to say his name, but going down the bail path to me a little bit. You know, all the talent in the world, but um, yeah, a little bit disappointed that he's um, not feeling well. But hey, Shawnee, get better, mate. We need you on here to uh, prove our lack of knowledge. Um, and also to take over every segment, mate. We love you. Uh, Pete will be Pete's coaching tonight, so he will be back. We might be getting him on to just do some um, some recordings outside that we'll bring into the podcast. But you can catch us uh, when we uh, we only pod when we're winning on Facebook. We can get you, John, on uh, Twitter, and uh, need your Twitter handle there. Lambic Peach. That's one of the most beautiful ones. And I'm Paul underscore football. How I got that one, mate? I don't know. How no other Paul would put football next to their name on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. It's. Uh, I thought the rule gave you that, wasn't it? Because you had it for I've a long time. I've had that one forever, mate. No, I grabbed that myself. So uh, there we go. Um, now, the mm. other thing we should uh, we should mention um, is we're very open to, uh, if anyone from any stores around the country or overseas, they want to throw us a few jerseys and uh, we'll throw your name out there. So if you do want to... Um, John loves a good jersey. I love a good jersey. Sean needs a big jersey. Uh, but if you want to throw us a jersey, a hat, anything like that, feel free. We will take anything. We are, I can't say the word that I would say, but rhymes with dough. I'm a dough for football tops. Sounds good to me, man. I'm, you know, I'm a collector. I love them. What, what sounds okay, good? mate. Well, we will catch, uh, we'll catch everyone next week. And we are We Only Pod when we're winning.